What's up, y'all? This is Crystal Clear Roberson. I'm a film and TV director, and you're listening to Studio Noise. Yes. Oh, it's the noise. When that brush hit the canvas, when your hands hit that clay, when you carving that wood, oh, all that. When you find that noise, the noise, the sound of creation, you're guaranteed to find black people <laughs> making that noise, making art, doing all those things. That's what we want to talk about right here on the Studio Noise Podcast. It's your boy, Jay Barber, artist third year grad student printmaker all that good stuff i poked my head up from my thesis and all my thesis work because i needed to get back to y'all how these interviews uh give y'all this good information i love it man i love spreading this information i need it i ain't even gonna hold y'all like that i need it right now especially right now i'm working on my thesis just finished the draft i'm doing the work man it's too much i need a break yo i need this right here the noise back with the studio noise fam and we got another great conversation for you today, as always, coming through with that fire, that heat. But first, I'm going to kick it to the question of the week. Studio Noise question of the week this week is, what are you listening to in the studio? I kind of hit this crossroads where I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for some inspiration, y'all. I mean, I, I, I go do my thing. I've been listening to a lot of stuff. Um, my thesis work and uh, part of the stuff I get from my thesis committee has me listen to a lot of jazz music, a lot of a lot of free form jazz and and that kind of stuff. Also took it way back to the 1990s, kind of my childhood, riding my bike, listening to Southern Playalistic, Cadillac music, funky for your trunk, all that good stuff. Yo, peaches, man, I love that stuff, man. That's that's my bag. But I'm looking for some new stuff. Yo, what are you playing right now? in the studio to get you going have you switched over are you on the afro beats you know what i'm saying are you on that bts you know what i'm saying what are y'all listening to so i'm looking for some new insp inspiration so why don't y'all head on over to ig hit the studio noise podcast at studio noise podcast that's noise with a z uh find a graphic that asks the question of the week and go ahead and drop your information let me know what to listen to give your boys some good suggestions yeah i can't wait to see what y'all listening to and so that's going to be like just a little quick aside today. I'm going to go ahead and jump to the interview. I'm very excited about it. I've been looking forward to having this man on the podcast for a long time. We got the one and only Jerry Lynn on the podcast. He's a painter. Uh, he used to do it with his brother. And now he's done broke off and started doing his own thing. I love, love, love his work. <laughs> I love, love, love his work. He's a tremendous artist. It was always great to see what he got cooking over there. And so it was also great to get to talk to him right here on the studio noise podcast and so right after the break you'll be back with mr jerry lynn right here on studio noise
All right, it's your boy Jay Barber back with more studio noise. I'm bringing in my man, uh, my my gallery mate, Mr. Jerry Lynn, in on the podcast, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Jamal. Yeah, Thanks man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure, man. So I appreciate you, man. I used to go down to Zucat like a lot before like COVID went crazy. And uh, every time I was sitting around there, man, I used to get a new package from you. Always something crazy, something good coming out of there, man. You like you, you're such a prolific, <laughs> for prolific painter, man. You just paint twenty four seven, don't you? Hey, I, I I try to stay busy, and to be honest, <laughs> I don't think I paint enough. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that's see, that's I, I am prolific. That, oh that man, is my that's, that's what I try to be. Yeah, yeah. spoken like one of the greats, man. <laughs> I never paint enough, man. That's what's up. <laughs> Yeah, so I definitely want to um, appreciate you coming on, man. Definitely want to talk to you because uh, you've been in the game for a long time, man. Like I said, you've been prolific. You've been out here selling art, making a living off your artwork with you and your brother for a long time. And so, you know, I, I want to get some of your insights, man, especially some of the people that listen to this podcast is out here trying to, trying to get it in, too. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get it in, uh, trying to get represented, trying to be uh, out in the world selling art and doing that whole thing. So. Uh, I think you're a perfect person to talk to about that, man, with uh, such a long career, man. How long have you been doing it, like, full-time? Um, full-time, I would say about over 20 years. I, me and my brother, we started around 95. Wow. So, I mean, do the math. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long time. I used to, I used to count the years, but, yeah. It's, but it's been a blessing. I mean, I can't, I can't complain. Um, like I said, we started like in 95 um, in the city of Memphis. And now I'm living in Dallas. He's still in Memphis. Um, we started painting together under the name Twin. Now we still do Twin, but it's, it's mostly, uh, for the most part, it's, we're doing our separate work also. So uh, it's been a journey, and, it, and it's been a blessing at the same time. You know, I, um, I only can thank God for even being around this long, you know, in terms of a career. You know. Oh yeah. Oh you know, yeah. When I think back on it, it, it definitely is a career. Um, so, so tell me about the so tell me about the beginning and um you know the the twin stuff is I think it's a separate own separate thing almost. So I so I right. kind of like if I wanted to talk twin, I would kind of want to get you and your brother on at the same time. Right. But we're gonna talk about like a little bit and lead into your work. Okay. Like how did it? Okay. How did it start? Like were y'all always like painting together or doing artwork or? What what was kind of the beginning of that? The the I mean I can I can take it back to when we were kids. I mean we both were um, just brought up in a, a real structured religious background, um, and for the most part, I, my parents, my mom in particular, she didn't have us just kind of you know being able to just do everything, just being out in the streets and doing all that. So art was kind of a uh, I won't say it was a comfort, but it was kind of like a um, something that we could do that was positive that she encouraged mm. as, a, as both of us being young. Um, I don't know, um, but I do know what the talent just came from God, to be honest. I mean, it came from, uh, we both were talented in, in art. Uh, we were, you know, d- um, drawing, sketching, doing all that as kids. We did not paint directly together. That that started really um, around high school, at the end of high school when we started actually selling our work and we started thinking of a kind of a, uh, I guess you could say a marketing or a business approach to what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's when the whole twin thing started. It was really our first year in college. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and people can go out and see like the videos of you and your brother painting on the same canvas. And it's, um, and right. I guess, I mean, I don't know if it's the twin thing or it's just y'all growing up together, but y'all move together. You know what I'm saying? And, and the whole thing kind of just develops uh, like right. at the same time. Like it, it's, it's extraordinary to watch. I remember when uh, seeing the videos of, like a long time ago for the first time, like just being amazed, like, wow, like these guys are like in sync. You know what I mean? It's funny. That, I mean, that's that's pretty much how uh, how it went. I mean, looking back on it, is a lot of stuff I kind of took for granted, you know. Mm. And if I was, you know, being a me being a singular artist now, kind of thinking, you know, oh, these twin print, I'd be like, oh man, that's that's bad. Let alone being like that, being extinct. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I, it's just something that we did. Yeah. Like I said, I just um, we. Uh, I want we took it for I kind of took it for granted, um, but at the same time we were just doing us, you know, doing what God right. blessed us to do at that time, and um, it, it worked. I mean, it worked. We we started in a little gallery in Memphis um, called Justine's on Bill Street. Bill Street's kind of like the downtown area. Um, it was a tourist area, still is, mm -hmm. and it just it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, I think being downtown really uh, helped us out. Uh, we had a lot of mentors too. Um, George Hunt, in particular, oh yeah, who's from Tennessee. Um, we got a lot of tips tips from him, and they just kind of skyrocketed us from an early age. Uh, we just kind of, um, you know, we were looking at what he was doing a lot more than what we were doing in terms of income and you know, being prolific and all that. So he just kind of taught us, you know. And being um, kind of nurtured with Willis Drinkard, who was the owner of the gallery at the time, um, like I said, it kind of just all fell into place. You know, it was an art dealer. Um, he's still um, doing work now. Keith Golden, he's from Memphis. Yeah, um, yeah. Who, Shout out to Keith. Um, he, yeah, Keith Golden. Yeah, he he was he was representing George Hunt at the time. He started selling. He was producing prints and so forth back in the eighties. That was the big thing. The prints, you know, the posters and all that. That was a real huge market so we kind of you know jumped on that train and just you know kind of just took off you know yeah for sure so, i think i think it what yeah. what um as much as you say it just kind of happened but i think a lot of it is the work was so strong and so even like now right, if you if you just go and i say if you just did a a quick search about black art right i think you'll see mm -hmm. like a few names pop up and i think you and your brother are one of the names that pop up because it's such a, oh, wow. a stylistic um uh it's, it's so defined do you know what i'm saying like it's almost like the yeah. definition of what black art is <laughs> like is these black people right. and these scenes in depicted in this way like i and i think right. that's just a testament to how strong the work is and so so what moving on to like you like when they, when kind of it's not really a separation, but when you did start to make your own work, what do you think was the difference in how you approached it? Um, the the difference was was I mean it, it, to be honest, it, it was real difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it, when it first when we, when I first started doing my my own work, it was it was really kind of um, like just being thrown out there, kind of not really knowing how I was going to kind of approach this. I knew it was, it was kind of my destiny to kind of, you know, to do my own thing. But as far as the approach, you know, I kind of just drew a lot of stuff at the wall to see kind of, you know, what stuck, you know, and um, my approach was just, just really kind of relearning and, and kind of learning the basics, 
apart. Because mm. with me and my brother, us being so in sync, like you said, and like I said, the work was strong, but it's really, it re- really wasn't not a, a lot of thought being applied to it. Right. You know, I mean, and not to say that in a bad way, because like I said, I truly was like, you know, even to this day with my work, but I was just going with what was, you know, what God was kind of giving me, really, you know, and, and when we kind of came together and painted, that's what came out. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what, you know, that's what we produced together. So it's like the thought process, you know, us being too helped, you know, that the strength of the work. Yeah. So, you know, us being a part, now I had to kind of bring up my own strength from a, from a different, I guess from a different source, so to speak. Yeah. So it was a little, it was kind of a challenge, but, you know, I, I kind of, I made it, you know. Yeah, so, for, for sure. Did you feel, yeah. did you feel a pressure to like, to make it be different from what you were making with your brother? Right. Um, I'm gonna say it was a pressure. I just, I think it was, it was almost like a necessity. Mm, to be honest, right. it, it, it's more like I, I knew it had to be different, you know. And um, even even some of the paintings I do now is still similar to what, because like I said, that's just what's in my in my heart, you know. So especially some of the southern kind of um, landscape type images, um, but I, I, I felt it, I had to do something different. You know, um, just just to uh, kind of mark mark my lane, so to speak. Right. And uh, that that was, I guess, that thinking, talking out loud now, that was kind of the challenge. You know, what can I do different? What can I do and speak on that was a little different from um, what we were doing together as twins? Yeah, that's an interesting challenge, man. And um, so it is. Yeah, getting into your work, I think. Um, the the way that I describe your work to people, if somebody was to ask me, I'd call it like black Southern nostalgia. That's what I would call it because you like, you got these like images that are really indicative. I'm from North Carolina. And so, and I live in, live in Georgia now. So like, this is like uh, all the images that you have is like in my blood almost, you know what I'm saying? You got the cotton, you got the churches, uh, you got the fields, uh, you know, you got the, the blue skies. And I think, I like, I'm going to ask you about this later, but the, like the way that you play with um, where you put the horizon line in your pictures, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. like you have a, like a lot of sky, but sometimes it's the sky is small. And it's a lot of land and you're just showing that, that field. And that's kind of what I remember growing up in the South, uh, riding my bike in, in Littleton, North Carolina. Uh, it's, it's fields everywhere. <laughs> so it's like, uh, Did you say, you say uh, no, in, in Littleton. Littleton, North Carolina. Littleton, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So riding my bike. I where you was from. Yeah. Riding my bike. Um, yeah, I used to ride my bike. I used to ride like 10 miles to get to my, my boy Reggie house. Big shout out to Reggie. He in, <laughs> in Wyoming now. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to my boy Reggie. He used to ride my bike to his house, man. It used to be nothing but fields and, and corn, you know what I'm saying? And, and trees, just hoping to mm-hmm. get in between them trees and get to that shade spot while you ride. <laughs> but yeah, but that's what I remember. And so it, it strikes a tone, I think, for me and a lot of people, because that's what we remember. That's what people did right. growing up. You know what I'm saying? If people were, even if they were up north, they always came back down south to visit their family, family reunions and stuff like right. that. Like that's kind of the imagery that they saw. Right. And even if to, to even kind of take it back off, but you're saying you saw that and actually felt it and seen it and, and saw it. I mean, me too. That's what I saw. Yeah. I mean, going to school, we took, we rode the school bus to school. I can think of many mornings going to high school. That's where we passed cotton fields. 
feel yeah. after these artists, you know, like, and it's funny you mentioned the whole horizon. I'm I'm looking at the painting right now I'm working on, and it's literally what you said. The horizon line is is, is really high, and it's mostly the land underneath. Actually, this one's a baptism, but it's mostly, you know, baptism underneath. So that's it's fun how you you pull that up. But I think people, um, even people who I think what connects people too is, and I'm I, sometimes I get too too spiritual a lot of times, but. Um, even if you never saw that, I think it's still in you though. You came mm, from that. Yeah. So I, even from a spiritual standpoint, I think it resonates with, pe- with people. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think it's part of it is like how you render stuff too. Or you usually, it's uh, a lot, look like, and I'm guessing this is kind of a question too, but asking you like when you do <laughs> render stuff, is it like a lot of like loose washes or layers of acrylic? It's acrylic, right? Um, right, it's and, yeah, so it's like a lot of loose layers, and it kind of this layering creates um, a kind of they are not there, you know what I'm saying? It's like a spiritual, right. gestural kind of thing that's happening. Like, describe that for us, right? Right, I mean, that's um, that, I guess that's kind of a kind of a different approach, too, for me. What me and my brother are doing, uh, we uh, it just kind of came, but that's basically what it is, it's, it's kind of a uh, when I'm applying paint, it's just a lot of kind of loose. It starts, you know, I, I have an idea of what I want to paint, but the, the actual paint application basically is just washes of color. And I just kind of, I just keep building it. It's a lot of drips. You know, my, I, I'm sometimes people paint flat on the ground or, you know, whatever. But my painting is usually unstretched canvas that I just pin on the wall. And I'm just, like I said, just laying colors down um, and just building it. And I'm just, just trusting that things kind of fall into place, you know, as they go. I have my, my central um, point that I want to focus on. And I w- I'm always focused on light. Mm. Um, that's just kind of just in my mind. It's light, 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 light. I got to put the light in there. So at this point, that's pretty much, you know, my approach. But after that, it's just pretty much just laying, laying down paint laying down layers of swatches of color, you know, and that, that whole heavenly um, kind of there, not there type of feel. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm, what I'm going for, you know, when the viewer sees it, because that's, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I think of a piece, um, one of yours uh, that I think is a, it, it's kind of really indicative of, of the scenery that you do is called the glory days. It's kind of uh-huh. uh, a church and it's like all these people kind of dressed in blue, like in procession to the church. Um, kind of give us an idea of, of and you have this kind of church um, going to church, going in, in gathering and mass kind of energy to a lot of your pieces. Like, tell us where that comes from. It's the, the whole church thing is, is basically from my, my childhood. Like I said, uh, we were, uh, I was raised in very, um, religious family. Um, I, I went to church every Sunday. Um, every, um, I would say every Wednesday, whatever Bible study was, you know, and, you know, we were, the, me and my brother were the first ones there cleaning up um, in the morning. We cut the church grass. I mean, we, we were the church boys. Mm. <laughs> <so to speak. laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, I mean, the, the religion was just, um, that whole spiritual, I guess it's just, you know, it's still in me, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still religious. I'm still spiritual. Um, um, shout out to friendship West and pastor, 
uh, Dr. Haynes out here in Dallas. But um, I'm, I just, it's just something about um, that. I, it's just using what God's given me and mm-hmm. that the whole thing of, um, I won't say spreading his word, so to speak, but in a way, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not a preacher, but this is kind of like my uh, way of kind of spreading the gospel, so to speak. Yeah. Of, of, in, in a kind of, I won't say a loose way, but kind of a loose, you know, indirect way, you know, using my, my gifts, my talent. Yeah. Yeah. Know, for and um, and also shout out to kind of that, that Southern small church country experience. You know what I'm saying? Cause I think, yeah, cause that part resonates a lot. Um, you know, for anybody that's ever like been in one of those old churches with the, with the, you know, old wood pews and the floors, you know what I'm saying? Creaking, making noise, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, you know, everybody kind of bringing their instruments and piecing together a little church band, <laughs> like all that, all that good stuff, man. That, that is exactly the church that I, um, I grew up in. Uh, a lot of the painting um, that I paint is usually like, a lot of times you'll see this one little kind of little white church mm-hmm. in that picture. That's Rice Chapel, AME Church that I grew up in, um, in outside of Memphis, Tennessee and Arlington. So that I'm literally painting, you know, that church <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I attended as a child. Yeah. That's awesome, yes, man. And I think another thing, I'll jump around a little bit, but another thing you do, you do a lot of children. Like, um, kind of gives the idea of, of why you pick children as your subject so much. Um, my my children. Mm. Uh, I, I was I was reading, uh, or I was, um, I I do a lot of research when it comes to art and artists and so forth, and artists, um, the artists that who that I think have kind of, you know, um, lasted the test of time and, you know, have gone on and have lustrous careers. And once you talk about, they painted things that, that resonated with them at that time, that particular time in, in their life and history. So uh, one of the things that um, resonates and, and kind of, you know, is, is indicative of me right now is me being a family guy, being, being a husband, being a, a father to a daughter, um, Alana, who's my daughter, and a lot of the, the, the girls you see is a, is a portrait of Alana, you know, mm. different forms and fashion. Now I'm painting my daughter. Um, and and one, it started out as just a way of just, um, as kind of a tribute to her, but it also as a, as a way to kind of to show a sense of light or positivity in the world, like I said, it's just a way of me putting something out there to say, look, I mean, you're, you're beautiful, you know, um, and art is one of, it's, it's kind of already seen on kind of a, such a high esteem anyway, so it's like, why not put, you know, a black girl on the canvas? I, I mean, I see, you, you see black girls, you know, children painted, but I just wanted to paint it in a way that just kind of lift kids up. You know, also I'm a school teacher also. So that that kind of made an art art teacher. So that was another thing, just when I'm I'm I was teaching these, you know, little kids in school and just just something to say, you know, you know, you're somebody. You know, never think that, you know, your life should be dim or anything. You know, you you know, you're beautiful, you know, um, you're you're kings and queens and just 
you know, go out there and shine. And that was just my way of kind of putting it out there for you to, to kind of do that, you know, as an artist, you know, when you when a child sees something on the, on the camera, oh, that's me. You almost see yeah. it in their eyes. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, okay. It really resonates with them. Yeah. You know? So, and I paint a lot in my classroom. So it's like, they're, they're kind of like my test, you know, subjects a lot of times. When they, when they like something, it's like, I know I got to hit this. <laughs> you know, like when a little child yeah. likes a painting, you know, and they can't even explain why they like it. Oh, Mr. Lean, I like it. I'm like, yeah, I got it. That's, that's, that's something right there. Oh, yeah. And that, and you know, I kind of. No, no, I, was just, I kind of bounce around a lot, but in in the whole essence, it was just a, a thing of just kind of, you know, putting a, a black woman on the canvas or a black girl, you know, because you just don't see that a lot. So. No, that's real. And I, I've seen that that reaction before because, you know, down here in Zucat, they do a lot of they used to <laughs> before COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those like high schools used to come visit. And it was always right. something where the kids, they were, you know, uh, 16, 15, you know, what I'm saying that around that age group, uh, they always gravitated mm-hmm. toward your pieces. Uh, and I think right. it, it was because of that. And I, I, it was a lot of times where you would have your little girls, which the one with the was the straw hat on on her head uh standing uh-huh. in a field of flowers forget the name of it but um walking in faith oh, yeah. that was the name of it uh it was okay. or, or something similar to that and and they love that piece and there's always that thing where they can't really explain it but you can tell that they appreciate it because in a way they see themselves like in a way yeah. and that's the one thing that art can do for people is like give them a sense right. that that they are worthy to be um, held in esteem. You know what I'm saying? It's like like you're you're part of this canon too. Like you've been immortalized right. in this picture, like uh, because right. you deserve it. I like that we're immortalized, right? Yeah, and so I think about um a piece. This is one recently that you put on called on your on your IG. Oh, you everybody follow Jerry at, on IG Art by Jerry Lynn. Uh, check this piece out. Yeah. Um, called Her Crown. And you've done like a, a series of these where it's just like a kind of I call them the big head, <laughs> big head pieces, but it's like a, 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 a child's head and like the hairstyle with all the like gestures and stuff around it. Um, those pieces right. are, re- are really striking, man. Tell me kind of about kind of working in that series. Um, like I said, it, it's just um, a, a form of just kind of immortalizing um, the the it young people um and it's something that i just really love to do i mean i just kind of fell in love with this whole you call them the big heads <laughs> 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 i, I kind of fell in love with doing these big heads you know it's just like um when i it's like they kind of take on a life of their own yeah um, and yeah. I, just, I don't know which one that, this particular one you're talking about her kind of that the one with the kind of the the the, the, air, the puffs yeah the yeah air, yeah that's the, the one with the puffs yeah okay yeah, that that was a, a takeoff of um, uh, a newscaster here um, in Dallas. Her name is uh, Tashara Parker. Um, um, she's uh, the on Channel Eight, I think, here in Dallas, and she she does the morning news, and she she kind of she wore this this exact style, this hairstyle uh, on, you know, and she kind of went viral because a lot of people, you know, negative and positive, you know, you know. They're saying they don't like it, but we're saying that we love it, and I just net. So it's like, 
um, I was like, I was working on this piece, and I was like, I just need something kind of finish it up. And that just, when I saw that, that was like, man, that's it. I'm going to, you know, add the, the, the puffs to the back of her head. And that, that just kind of really pulled the piece together. It just kind of put it to a whole other level. Yeah, I, I do. I remember this story um, a while ago with the right, Nana Jim, Nana Jim, Nana Jim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she was yeah. beautiful sister too. Uh, yeah, nice, yeah. nice, um, nice chocolate complexion. With and she had mm-hmm. the hair was looking perfect. It was so nice, and right. people were like, I guess calling in. She ended up having to do a, a little guest spot um, editorial or something <laughs> like talking about it, yeah, like it. pushing back on it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it, and right. that's that's a gorgeous thing. So it's funny that still, even in nowadays, man, that it's still this conversation always going on about black women and their hair, like whether or not it's right. professional. No, and, it, and if you look at this sister's hair, I, I, um, anybody listening to this, go ahead and look her up because uh, her hair was it was absolutely beautiful. It, like it was sitting like perfectly right. in place. Like so, it was nothing. You can there's no way you can look at that hairstyle and think it's not clean or professional <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but exactly. it's, it's just some exactly. some stigma they got about you know people in their yeah, hair man anything, it looks, it looks too, it's so royal looking yeah you know, it's like yeah. i guess we just can't take it you know it's like <laughs> you know yeah. i don't know yeah she could have left so, there she could have left there and went straight to the met ball or something <laughs> right, <laughs> she, she was right. looking great man right I remember but, that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's that is a nice touch. So do you often like bring in these little um, you know, pieces from uh culture into your pieces that right. like to help you think about it? I do. I do. I'm always, you know, staying abreast of what's kinda going on and um uh, with especially what happened this summer with the, the whole, you know, Black Lives and uh, yeah. George Floyd. Yeah. That really kinda you know, I did a whole I'm still working on uh, painting that kind of deal with that whole, uh, where I was doing it before the end, even if it was a few years back when um, the thing the thing happened in St. Louis and all that. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm always abreast of what's, what's happening and I use that to kind of motivate me. You know, I, I get, you know, pump myself up and get, you know, get a little angry, you know, get, so you get a little motivation to kind of yeah. do something positive. Yeah, you know how can I how can I use this to kind of shine my light on the situation and make you know make the world a better place? Yeah, make you bring in um, kind of black historical figures into your work too. Like I've seen um, your Harriet's and your your Jack right. Johnson and like that kind of stuff. What are, what does that kind of stuff mean to you? Um, it, it means a lot. I mean, like I said it's it's history. Um, Jack Johnson in particular, uh, I. Growing up, I didn't know too much about Jack Johnson. I knew about Mike Tyson. You know, I knew about um, some of the, the contemporary boxes, but I heard of the name Jack Johnson, but I didn't, really didn't know his story, you know. And for the most part, I was kind of, you know, naive about who he was and what he was about. Mm-hmm. But after listening to his, looking at his biography and just kind of doing some research on this painting, I was like, man, this guy was a... He, he fought a lot of adversity, you know, um, and he, you know, at that time, that was, you know, he he pretty much had to go to Europe because of, you know, what was, you know, just being basically being prosecuted here in his, in his own country, you know, just for, in so many words, just being black, yeah. you know, and, and powerful, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. 
So um, it just kind of got me thinking about um, just life in general, you know, history, and all the other, not only that, but just when I was looking at the story, I was like, man, I remember going to school, like, my teacher never told me about Jack Johnson, or I learned about this. So it just makes you think, like, you know, you go to school, it's okay, it's cool, you know, but a lot of times you got to, you got, we got to start educating ourselves too mm-hmm. about things. Cause, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff in our narrative is, is pretty much left out. If it's not, if it's not positive or, you know, it doesn't, I guess, benefit the masses, you know, a lot of, a lot of black history, for some reason, is kind of deleted, you know, just yeah. like the Tulsa situation, um, the riots. I didn't know about that when I was a kid, but now I know. Um, and I don't know. It just it just kind of opened me up, you know. I'm I'm kind of I'm still open. <laughs> I got so many painting ideas just in the back of my head, just on all this just our history, let alone what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, I completely yeah. agree with that. I think it's is is good for we talked about this before we started recording, but it's good for us to tell our own stories, you know, just so right. like it won't get lost. And um, right, and you know, it's it's important for it to be put in a, in a black voice as well. Cause yes, you know, sir. a lot of the stories when you talk about what's being deleted, there's even the stories that they do tell are still filtered to make it, yeah, uh, white right. people, the heroes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You can't even really be the right. real hero of your own story. Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. they have to, it's kind of like when they make those uh, autobiography movies where they, uh, mm-hmm. they always add like a white hero. To, to go along right. with the black man because you know you, you can't just have like a black person <laughs> be the hero because to them is mm-hmm. they don't think people will they relate to it. it yeah <laughs> right yeah you're right and that, that's nah, that's it's, really it's strange real. it's real i mean it's reality um it, it, like it's almost humorous sometimes just kind of thinking about you know like i said we um just the whole idea of like i said what um, what is missing? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, a lot of times, it's kind of like going back to the, to Cheryl Parker thing. You know, like I said, she, she it was put together so nice and so regal. It's like a lot of times, I think people don't want. When I say people, I, I think you know, white people in, in particular don't want us to know how great we are. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and not to say that in a negative way, but. It's just you know if if we only know knew that where we came from, what we what we capable of, you know, things to be a whole lot, you know, better. Speaking of that, Georgia, y'all just y'all just made some history. Oh <laughs> yeah, y'all turned turned the state around. Yeah, they, that's what I'm talking <laughs> we about. We tried to do in Texas, we couldn't. We barely made it, but y'all y'all came on with. It. I'm I'm. Shout out to George and Atlanta. I know, right? And and you know what? If you would have asked me like before the election, I would tell you like there's no way Trump was going to win. Me too. I mean, no way that me that too. Biden was going to win Georgia. Georgia? Yeah, because <laughs> right. I mean, I ride around here. I'm not lying. Like the day they were doing the recount, I drove down to my car got messed up. I ended up going to the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Driving to the mechanic, I had to take a different way. I'm going down. I saw one of those um, big Trump signs. That's like 
you you um, have you seen these Trump signs where it's like him as uh, as Rambo and, and like they got Trump face on Rambo <laughs> with like he got a gun and like this big explosion in the back. <laughs> oh, like, I yo, yo, it was wild, man. So I was like, yo, <laughs> it's like it's no way, it's no way he's gonna lose no Georgia. Way, huh? This is Trump country. That's what I was thinking, but we came right. through. We came through, man. Shout out to the Utes, man. Yeah. The, the Utes they came For through. Real. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's the importance of like having your voice heard. You know what I'm saying? That's that's, that's exactly important. what we. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what we talk about. Hey, this is Yeshua Kloss. I'm a visual artist from Chicago, living in Brooklyn, doing my thing thing how I do it. And you are now listening to Studio Noise. Now tell, tell me this, right. man. You do do a lot of um, pictures around uh, water and baptism, right? Tell do you, mm-hmm. Were you like baptized in a river or something? Or or just or just like is that just a story you, that get you passed would, down? You think, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Some people still do it, man. You never know, you know. No, nah, no, nah, you're right. I, I've seen it. I mean, I, not in the river, but I've seen a you know actual pool. We used to have one in the in the back of our. Uh, we kind of our church is next door to this other church, and they had this kind of outdoor, you know, real baptism. We want to, you know river and thing but it's like a little outdoor baptism thing they filled it with water and i thought that was kind of uh interesting when i was a kid but no i i was sprinkled actually they just sprinkled me um but <laughs> um but no it's just like that the, the baptism is just something that you know i, I don't to be honest i don't know when it started um, I just know it resonated with me. I, um, we, and me and my brother were doing paintings. We used to always look at, even to this day, I look at a lot of history, pictures online, just kind of, you know, browsing the, the, the net, just kind of looking for, you know, inspiration. And the baptism was just something just kind of stuck. I mean, um, just kind of something that stood out. And to this day, like I said, I'm painting one right now. Um, yeah, this I guess when I get tired of, of doing them, I guess I I stop. But at this point, they still just kind of they hold my attention for some reason. Oh no, you know, it's, it's and I think they're great because um because no, you know the, the layering and the way you make your water and stuff is um you know it, it's such a when you think about church, like that's one of the big moments in church. Like when you do get right, go you go down the aisle, you know what I'm saying? Submit yourself to God, get baptized. Um, that moment right. of transition of, of cleansing, like, you know, all that narrative uh, is included and you right. personified in, in such a great way with, you know, the way you paint in the layers of, in the light, light is light is a, a I'm, I love that word um, that you brought up and I can see how that can be like a, a serious focus of what you do. Cause all your, all your figures are in your environments have like this bright light focal point, like coming from somewhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's I, I love that you said that. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Um, but like I said, even the baptism, I, I guess I, I I didn't go deep enough on that, but but it, it, it speaks on a, like you said a lot of narr- narratives in terms of just rebirth 
the the whole notion, you know, you can look at it so many different ways, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, just mentally, just, you know, uh, just cleansing the whole water um, thing of just, you know, purification, you know, starting starting afresh, starting new, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's, it's so many, so many uh, ways you can take, you know, the word baptism, you know, so... And tell me, tell me this a little bit. How big was the town that you grew up in? Uh, the, I mean, I grew up in, in Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Oh wait, no, yeah, people, Memphis ain't, but, ain't, yeah, Memphis ain't small at all. Yeah, Memphis, <laughs> but 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 I can't I can't say that I grew up in you know Memphis, Memphis. You know, I'm not, I'm not in a city. So right. the, the I, I grew up in an area called Arlington, which is right outside of Memphis. Um, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a small town, small little area. Yeah. yeah uh, I went to, as you went to Memphis, you went to city schools. I went to a county school. So oh, okay. The county is white. Memphis is black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, because another thing uh, that I will point out about your work that I think is is really okay. great and resonates is this this sense of collective, right? Because um, you have mm-hmm. another piece where. It's like, I don't know, five or six people on a boat, like pushing, um, rowing the boat right. together. And um, it just it gives me that sense that it's always in some form or fashion, black people working together, like working to, together, to yeah. overcome or to move in a different direction or like even going to church where it's it's a collective movement towards right. spirituality or, or something else going on. So I was wondering, like, if you came from a small town, was that the kind of feel that you got? Uh, growing up or seeing people be together or was that like your family story there, there was i guess you say this uh, that's my family story that's that's me and my brother um that's me and my my family we grew up in a we we worked together you know we get it done you know type um household so to speak there was no you know big eye little eye type situation mm-hmm. we, we just kind of you know, it was just me and him, but I'm saying as, overall as a, as a family, even my extended family, cousins and so forth, we always was kind of a tight, tight unit, so to speak. And we just kind of, um, like I said, stuff like this, I didn't even realize until I got older and realized that there are dysfunctional families. And so, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. I like, yeah. you know, you talking to my wife, like, y'all family, y'all together. I like, I didn't know it was supposed to be like that. I mean, I didn't know anything until, you know, but, uh, that's a whole another story, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that was, I would say that's that's just growing up. Um, we always just kind of had that, you know, togetherness attitude, so to speak. So maybe that's kind of a, a homage to that. Um, no, I like and, it. And, I like it because it make yeah. me, it make you think of like um, the Montgomery bus boycott. You know what I mean? Where everybody's mm-hmm. like, just we just gonna not ride the bus for a year. Like that kind of collective action to like get stuff right. done. Like it's it's um, And I guess I guess deep I mean that's, go ahead. No, nah, go ahead, go ahead. What you saying? No, I was gonna say and I and really just just how I think. You know, I'm a I'm a um kind of a team teamwork type of individual, you know. Um I, I always believe in, in a team and you know, even though I don't have a huge team even working with me now, but I always envision having a team, you know, that's just, uh, I'm just a team player type of person. So I think that's how, I think that's how you progress. I think that's how you get things done. Um, you know, art is such a kind of a singular thing. A lot of people kind of make it out to be, but 
I never kind of saw it like that. Um, it, it, I guess that's kind of how why me and my brother work so well together. A lot of people say, "How y'all work together?" You know, don't you want to paint on him? Don't he? Don't y'all get painted all over each other? <laughs> yeah, don't y'all get art? You know, but it's like I never like said, we work to <laughs> we work together. I just it's all these things for individualness and kind of being separate then kind of come to play until I got older and realized that you know that's how people kind of lives people act. You know, it's kind of you know. I oh, know. No, no, I, I understand. And it's funny to like even talk to you how like I have a reading of your work just come from from seeing it and a lot of of what I'm seeing and and as we continue to talk is just being confirmed because if you can can look is so much of yourself is being put on canvas um as you go on okay. that you know you can I get a real sense of like who you are as an individual like what do you value like where you came from right. like just by Right. Uh, basically me reading your work, you know what I'm saying? Or studying, I mean, you know, uh, obviously <laughs> me and you, we like art more than a regular person. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but that, so, that, that means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot. That means I'm doing what I'm, what I set out to do. You For know, sure. I, my, my goal to, is uh, to be transparent in my work. And, and, and I mean, you see my work, I want you to see me. So for you to say that, that's, that's, that's what that's spot on that's that's exactly what i want you know that's what i want and what you're reading is what i'm putting out so nah, that's good same page. yeah that's good <laughs> and so yeah, um let's talk a little bit let's get it uh man get past the fun stuff get to the unfun stuff the the business <laughs> the business of, <laughs> the business of art okay. yeah so we hey, think, that can be fun, too. That's fun. <laughs> so when you think about um you is particularly like you've had a, like a lot of representation in a lot of different spots. Like you've been in Zucat, mm-hmm. um, David Lusk, uh, Mackie Twins right. have, have represented your work. Um, what has been mm-hmm. kind of your experience of building up to being represented? Where you say you and your brother were represented early, um, it, it real, was, early um, the Willis, real. yeah, the the Willis Gallery on Bill Street downtown, Memphis, Tennessee. We started there. Um, I think. Um, the, the ho- Re- repeat the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just talking about like what, what was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. So we, we, um, I just bring it up. I just want to get into like what were your experiences going into kind of this representation okay. gallery system and kind of kind of how did how was just how was your experience and what do you think um it did for you? Okay. Um. My experience, where is experience? My, it's been, it's all been positive. Um, nice, I, that's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's all been positive. Um, from from the from the jump, um, in Memphis, we I said we started in in Memphis at the gallery, and then we eventually started selling at. Um, well, once you started doing prints, you're not really represented by gallery, so so to speak. You're um, prints are pretty much sold everywhere, so our work kind of just went all around the country at, at one particular point in our history, in our timeline, so to speak, or in my timeline. Um, but the 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 experience has been has been great. Um, I guess you can say now we kind of talk about fine art galleries. Um, when you talk about Zucat, right? Yeah, um, David Love and um, the Mackie Twins and um, I, actually, I got a show right now that's up at the Stella Jones Gallery. Oh, yeah. Morning. Big shout out to Stella. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, she's a great, great, great individual. I um, mean, you know, all all the galleries I work with, I mean, Zukov, Najee, and uh, guys there, I mean, they're outstanding individuals. I mean, I can't, um, I only can say accolades, you know, and thank you for all the, you know, work that they do. That's um, good. But I, I think a lot of, a lot of, um, I mean, talking about galleries, it has a lot to do with, um, being appreciative too you know I, I appreciate what galleries do and i i give them the room and space to do what they do and i think they give me the room and space to, to kind of do what i do at the same time i think you kind of got to look at it from that standpoint to even have some type of appreciation for for galleries because a lot of times artists are like oh, you need no galleries this and that you know you sell your own work but at the same time you got to kind of appreciate what a gallery even is to even kind of, you know, know, um, to even make that statement a lot of times, you know, I might not, I probably don't need a gallery or I don't, it's not neither here nor there, but um, if I'm in a gallery, I, I do my best to kind of, you know, nurture that relationship. And, you know, and I think that's where it kind of starts with just kind of, you know, respect towards, you know, the gallery itself and the whole establishment. You know, believe it or not, we're still in the world of um, commerce and business and galleries do pay, play a kind of a vital role in the whole, when it comes to art, you know, the elevation of your career uh, status. That, that's what we're dealing with when it's, you know, um, when we're talking about art, you know, the, the value of your work going up. You know, you can sell your work by yourself, good and dandy, but can you elevate your can you ele elevate your prices? Can you kind of put yourself, are you going to put yourself in the, you know, in the Metropolitan Museum of Art? Mm. Are you going to do that by yourself? You know, which you you probably could. I'm not saying, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking about in general people. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, so it's like, um, and I'm, I know I'm kind of just, I jumped right into this whole thing of, you know, do you want to be represented by Gary or not? But, um, overall, the experience is good. That's good, because I think a lot of times, like, you know, me and you, we talk to a lot of different artists where uh, I think the biggest mm -hmm. problem that they have is is when they do talk about the percentage that the gallery takes and kind of what the numbers look like. And then it becomes, right. it becomes um, you know, let's just say if your gallery is taking 50 percent, so they sell a, a $8,000 Jerry Lynn and you get four, right. like uh, some artists will look at that and it's like, why, why did they get four? You know what I'm saying? Without, right. Like you were saying, appreciate like what the gallery does, like, cause uh, you know, right. they, they are supposed to be like, you know, and we can't speak for all the galleries. We only speak for the ones that we know. Um, they're mm -hmm. supposed to be representing your work, putting your work in front of people that are looking to acquire it in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And, right. um, and marketing it, like putting you in league with other artists, like me being right. in a league with you, Jerry Lynn and the show, like that's, that's good for me. Like, cause right. it, it, it puts me in front of people that are real collectors, like, like that you have, like you have real collectors, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, uh, you know, people come to see your work and maybe they discover my work along the way. So we start to have a conversation together and, um, you know, I, I think that's undervalued. I think that's, uh, but it's, it's great that you don't have like kind of these bad stories. Cause we, we've heard some, you know what I'm saying? Just between me and you is we've heard of people not getting paid, right? Of work going missing, right. 
of you know what I'm saying uh, all kind of shenanigans <laughs> with the prices and right. and with the accounting. So that's great, man, that you've been mm-hmm. able to to have like these genuinely positive. But you hooked up with some good people, man. Stella Jones, you know, right. that's that's some of the best right there. Right, she is the best. I mean, Zukai, they're they're the the top of their their game, you know, in terms of you know that I guess that's that's the, the next thing you got to work with the. At, you know, of course, we we all you know strive to do the best we can at the particular point we're at. But as long as you're trying to you know move up into the, the best, to work with the best, um, everything's going to kind of even out in the in the long run. Right? Are you going to get burnt? You probably will be. You know, I, I'm I've, I've been burnt. You know, people owe me money now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about it. You know, not really. You know, I had to kind of figure out. You know, who 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 owes me. You still got to kind of move on, you know, and I'm not, you know, so I'm not going to draw no names or anything like that, but it's like, that's kind of the, the nature of, of, of business too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's life. I mean, it's the risk. Yeah. Yeah. It's risk and the reward. You know, you, you, you owe, a couple people might owe you over the years and you just kind of keep moving, you know, keep moving, you know, it doesn't, don't let it jade you to where you're going to say, you know, I don't want to deal with gallery. Well, if you do, hey, that's your thing too. I, I only can say this from my experience. Yeah, that's that. That yeah, um, okay. I've had positive experiences with galleries. Um, but like I said, I guess I've been fortunate to work with. I'm strategically um, wanting to work with only the best too, though. So yeah. I, you know, I, it wasn't by accident. So I don't want you. I want to say I, I just fortunately got these. I guess that was kind of my upbringing too. You know, my my mom, and my dad, the way we were kind of raised, we were always kind of. Um, I always, I kind of got a sense of kind of reading people, so to speak. Yeah. So I can. That's I guess that's pretty. That's helped me out a lot. Also, just kind of, you know, you you pretty much can tell somebody who's not. And who's who, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, that's I, I, I have positive experiences. I can't really. No, that's say good. Otherwise. That's good. So I think if, one. If, of, if, if anything, to, to be honest, if anything, I said I'm bringing this back up. I'm not paint. I don't paint enough. You know, <laughs> a lot of times, you know, uh, our gallery wants when the boy down too is some artwork. <laughs> so yeah, it's if a, you're not painting, you're not giving them no work. I mean. It's inventory. Over the, yeah, give them inventory so they can sell. You know that's true. So, so, um, so that's that's another <laughs> it's thing. Really, it's really a simple business, you know, concept. A gallery to artists. Yeah, and that, that's another thing that gallery. that being with a gallery does allow you to do is that you don't necessarily have to spend as much time like searching for clients and and setting up these right. meetings and visits and. You know, trying to get your work right. in front of you, like constantly sending out these emails because that's kind of their function. Like that's what they do. That's how they right. make their money. So that does give you right. more time, supposedly, to <laughs> to do more painting. So so how do right. you how do you manage your time? Like in in terms of painting, studio time, family time. Like what what's the breakdown of how like a, a day goes for you? Um, I, I don't really I don't really just have a schedule. I don't have a schedule. Um, I try to I try to work. As much as I can. Um, right now, since I've been in Dallas, I've been I'm an art teacher, so I've I've, I've worked um, for what ten months out of the year mm-hmm. um, at a job, going to school, teaching kids. 
But even during that time, being an art teacher gives me a lot of flexibility where like this canvas I'm looking at right now, I'm going to bring it right into my classroom. It's pretty much done today. But I'm, I'm going to start a canvas this week in, in the classroom. And I'm I'm working there, you know, off and on doing it while I'm with the kids, teaching them, you know. And a lot of people, how do you do that? It's just, you know, that's what I do. I mean, that's how I kind of, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I, I, I do my thing. Um, as of late, the past year, maybe um year, year and a half, it's getting to the point where, um, I don't know how how I can continue to to work at a school and and do what I'm doing. Mm. You know, the, the the school has was at one point kind of I guess you could say give me like kind of a cushion so to speak, uh, just to kind of you know make sure everything was in line. Because with with me and my brother twin, we I mean I was we were going art full time. I wasn't teaching. He wasn't doing. You know, I, we just painted. Mm-hmm. You know that's that was our job. But with the kind of when we kind of start doing our separate thing, that's when um, I kind of had to kind of think of a, because I had a, had, had just started a family. So it's like, yeah, it was a thing where, you know, I needed something a little bit more stable in right. terms of it couldn't be no, you know, what if I get paid? You know, speaking of galleries, I need some more, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can't tell that to your wife, <laughs> you know, paycheck coming. You say that to yeah, yourself. Yeah, she trying to hear that. But, she... <laughs> yeah, she's trying to hear that. <laughs> So that was the whole start of that situation. But with that being said, it, it kind of, um, I had to kind of make some adjustments in terms of kind of how, how I was going to do my career, it, which it kind of gave me time too. So that was a blessing that I had a job to kind of fall back on, you know, kids go to school, get a degree. <laughs> because right. it, it, it gave me um, time to reflect and kind of, reposition myself and that's when i started with you know with the new uh, setup of galleries that i had with zucott um even the, the galleries that I, we me and my brother were in you know we sell it separate in now but it it just kind of gave me some breathing room you know a lot of times i used to be like man i'm gonna quit my job i need to say get back to paint but i gotta look at it like wait a minute you couldn't you know it was the point you couldn't survive it for a couple of years if it wasn't for your job right so right don't don't curse you know don't curse the blessings that god's given you too you know so that's it, real. That, that all being said, um it's it's like i said it just got to the point where it's like i said it's a blessing now that i, I can kind of decide if i you know is this gonna be my last year i don't know um that's good, know. and, and, and it's it good know, that you I mean, still I'm, got I'm that that it's option. A real flexible job, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty. I won't say I can do whatever I want to do, but it's, it's real flexible being an art teacher the way I do it. You know. No, nah, that's so. good, and I think it, I think it, it. I said this on a, a different another podcast before, but it's it's kind of mm-hmm. like you have to do what you have to do to keep painting. Like so, whatever right. it is, like whatever sacrifice you make, like. Uh, you know, it's this is a still a capitalist system. You know, what I'm saying no matter what people want to say about it, <laughs> like so, Again. unless unless you right. unless you create a situation for yourself to be able to paint, you won't have time to do it. You'll be doing something else, right? And so I I think that's what you right. did. Like you know, what I'm saying you made the choice, you went out, and you were still in the arts. You know, what I mean, and so got to give a shout out, oh, especially yeah. especially from what I've seen, uh, in this kind of COVID virtual learning situation i can give a big shout out to the teachers that's out here 
like teaching the kids. Like you never get enough credit for like what are y'all are uh, putting right. into these kids, and especially art, man. Yeah. I think of like uh, growing up, all the art teachers they kind of they weren't necessarily it wasn't Jerry Lee like one of the great artists <laughs> of, of black artists that's alive and like in there teaching me but like they did enough to like instill in me like the the value of creating you know what I'm saying and and, right. and following that intuition and to make stuff right no no I, I it's funny you talking about the teacher thing um not to go back that way but it's like once it started like you said it's teachers really you know you see the value of a teacher now. Even one for the, you know, a lot of people be like, man, your teacher ain't doing nothing. You don't need to pay. Now it's like, okay, well, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I need to send my kids back to school. <laughs> Y'all come get these kids. Yeah, they, you know, everybody mad right. now. <laughs> Sit at home. Wait more. Right, teacher. Yo, it tripped me out because um, my wife is my wife teaches high school, and so we we were kind of okay. talking about uh, like some of the teachers that are calling uh, <laughs> calling the school, and basically they're basically saying like, "What am I supposed to do with him to make him do work?" It's like, "Yo, what do you right. think we've been doing for the last that, like?" Been doing yeah, the last like that's <laughs> you think it's not as easy as you think to make your kid do something. You his mama, <laughs> so mm-hmm. what do you want? What do you want us to do? Yeah, that's crazy, yo. <laughs> so, so let's see. We get to the end of our time, but I do want to ask you, and this might seem a little, a little crazy off topic, but kind of what, what were kind of the the things that you did to get into selling your art? Um, because I think that's one thing that a lot of people are are looking to. You know, what I'm saying they making stuff and wasting mm-hmm. a lot of paper and and painting at home, but they do want to right. make a living and, and sell stuff. Kind of how how did you? kind of work up your own techniques to be able to sell and get these collectors and get people interested in your work. Um, it, like I said, it was a, it was a combination of things that I did. Um, but if I, if I can kind of just put into, um, the context of this steps, um, first of all, I got, I got in the gallery and go back to the gallery. Right. Right. Um, my brother and I, we were, trying to do we were in college and we basically flunking out our first year we trying to figure out like man, we need to like we gotta do we gotta come up with something I remember that whole com- I almost can remember the conversation you know like and we were like man we gotta do something you know um, this school thing is working but it's like this is reality what you wanna do for the rest of your life and that's when the whole you know art thing started with going to the gallery um, but once we went to the art gallery, he helped us out so much. That's why a lot of times, you know, you, uh, you only can go so far. You know, it's like you, you got, as an artist, you know, musician, whatever you want, any creative person. But it's nothing like getting some expert advice, expert right. help, you know, um, expert placement of your work into collector's hands. Um, even if you don't plan on staying there forever. It just it that helped out a lot, you know. Um, just being honest, and you know, we went showed him my work. He said he think he we got something going, you know. Let's try it out, and that's you know, you're taking advice from gallery owners. You know, a lot of times the gallery can tell you, hey, you know, you change it. No, I'm just simplifying it, but yeah, change this blue to red, and you got to say, okay, you know, 
Right. You okay. Wanna, hey, I see what you say. Make saying. the sale. You probably need to change the rig. You don't want to make the sale. Don't change it. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's a, you know, so it, it it can be that simple. But I'm just saying, like you know, getting advice. You know, we we met George Hunt, uh, who you know he taught us. You know, taught us a lot of things about sales and you know marketing. But you didn't have to talk to. You, we could have just looked at what he was doing. You know, and got right. a, lot, a lot of motivation to. Um, okay, he paints every day. He paints this many paintings a week. Okay, you probably need to. You probably need to up our painting schedule. We need to paint a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We need paint. He was painting on on big camp. We need to get bigger canvases. Mm-hmm. You know, he's using acrylic. Let's get some acrylics or whatever. You know, so you can just look at a professional artist. Especially now with Instagram and all that. Who 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 do you admire? Who's selling a lot of work? Just pretty much look at them. Right. You, know, you, might, Study them, you yeah. might not be in their gallery, but you can pretty much imitate, you know, kind of, you know, basic principles of what they're doing. Right. You can almost look at the output and say, oh, this, putting this many piece, pictures on, online, they got to be paint. I need up my paint game, you know. No, you that's can't real. make a living just painting one painting a month. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. real. Hey, it's real, yeah. Right. I tell people it's just like selling cars, except you making the cars. <laughs> to, right. You made it. Right. So like you it's, it's a lot that goes into it. So you're right, man. So that's that's great advice, man. Study other artists, man. See what's what's working, what's successful for other people and, and try to do it. Right. Like don't imitate it. Like don't copy. You know what I'm saying? Don't make right. a don't make a Jerry Lynn. Like make your own right. <laughs> make your own work. But like work the way that but these successful you can people see are. that I'm doing that you, they can kind of relate to what you're doing. Like, okay, I can kind of piece this into kind of how I'm operating right. my life. Yep. You know, right. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. I'm I appreciate sure. it, man. It don't even seem like we've been talking for an hour, man. <laughs> no, nah, it don't. Sometimes I get to rambling on, so I got to kind of call, call my, I get excited when, <laughs> when it comes to art. So. <laughs> I don't talk you, a man. lot, but when it comes to art, I be talking all day long. <laughs> That's how we are, man. That's why I love it, man. Right. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man, for real. All right, Jamal. I appreciate you. Thanks for inviting me out. I'm humble. that's it another episode of studio noise in the bag big shout out to jerry lynn for coming on the podcast recording live from texas took a break from his paintings and all that good stuff man needs to stay painting more can you believe it (laughs) you believe you'd be that prolific and still think you got to paint more uh i mean i guess that's how we all should feel man one of the greats right there mr jerry lynn go check him out uh head over to zucotgallery.com too and check us out you know a whole stable of artists that's down there working, man. Still providing for you. Still getting you that good art. Uh, so make sure you still engaging with the ecosystem, man. We out here still trying to survive. And so I know you're waiting so patiently after such a great episode. It's like, how could I possibly, possibly wait another second, another minute for next week's incredible episode where we'll have returning to the podcast, Mr. Charlie Palmer. He's been having one hell of a year and he comes back to talk about it with me and get to catch up with them. It's kind of, you're going to hit that rotation where a couple of these guests coming up is like reconnecting with your folks. You know what I'm saying? I've been in a hole. I came back up. I got to see what the world is talking about. So it was really great to talk to Charlie. That's going to be a great episode. So in the meantime, it was 20 time. You need something to listen to 20 year old Jamal 
will tell you to go get on that Magnus Stallion because that's what I'm on. I'm on it hard, you know, body, yaddy, 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 all that stuff. I'm on it, right? Uh, 30 year old Jamal will tell you to go listen to Jeezy, The Recession 2, or whatever. I think it's the name of it, whatever it's called. But that's 30 year old Jamal. But 40 year old Jamal, getting ready for Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm looking at my traditional recipes, about to fix an apple pie for my family, like I always do. And I say, you gotta do what 40 year old grown men do. You gotta listen to Gregory Porter, yo. So, <laughs> so big shout out to GP. Go check out that new Gregory Porter. What's going on? Wanna be free, gotta be free, wanna be free, gotta be free. Wanna be free, gotta be free, wanna be free, gotta be free. Knew she can make it right. Working late every night. Got to make money to put food on the table. And daddy had to do the same. He knew he had to do his part. So none of his children would get caught up in the game. So I'd be young and free. Daddy made a way for me. Paved the road so my bird on his line uh. And mama did just the same That's just good strong black man music old black man music i mean i I don't know i'm sorry that all my (laughs) all my suggestions that i give you always from like an old black man what you should be listening to is kind of r&b and kind of good stuff but it's good stuff man it's good stuff what do you want me to do i can't help it (laughs) but go ahead check that out uh while you wait until next week and of course thank you so much for listening we're putting together this archive of all these contemporary black artists out there giving y'all this information, showing y'all how it works, highlighting them in their lives because we are special and we we deserve it. And so I want to thank y'all for listening, for even taking time out to listen at all. If you feel want to send us a message, why don't you head on over to IG at Studio Noise Podcast. Uh, you can hit us in the, in the DMs. You can make sure you like all the pictures. We're going to be sharing pictures from Jerry and all our guests all week long. And you can send us an email, studionoisepodcast at gmail.com if you want to. Check out the website, www.studionoisepodcast.com. And of course, you can find your boy, Jay Barber at Jay Barber Studio on all your social medias. To all my artists out there, I'm always encouraging y'all to get in the studio and make some noise, but it's Thanksgiving. So this week, I want y'all to especially take some time and be thankful for what you have. We lost a lot of people uh, this year to COVID and to a lot of other things. And, it, and you need to take a moment, pause with your family, not a, not a big, large gathering that we want to. You might have to talk to grandma on FaceTime, all that good stuff. Wear your mask, be responsible, but just be thankful that you have this breath, that you have this life. And then after we give our thanks and enjoy ourselves, recharge with the fam, then we'll be back to making that noise. I sure do appreciate you. We'll be back next week with more. It's the noise. Peace. <laughs>